I have no plans to become pregnant in the near future, but if and when I ever do become pregnant, I'm really looking forward to watching this film while pregnant because it's going to be, because it's scary now. And yeah. like to watch it, like, I'd be like, that's going to be great. That's I'm, just. See, so... that's the kind of horror fan I am. I'm like, why do I want to get pregnant? So I can watch Rosemary's Baby and understand. <laughs> so I can just check that box and then mm-hmm. I'll be like, <laughs> I understand more about life. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror section of our local video store in our quest to survive and to ensure we end up as the final girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking them down one by one, geeking out about all of the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hey everyone. Howdy. Uh, Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Uh, This is episode 14 in which we are going to be discussing Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. From 1968, the tagline for this episode is witches. All of them witches. And the tagline for this movie is actually pray for Rosemary's baby. But we should pray for Rosemary, honestly. But also, like, really, her baby. Her baby needs a lot of help. <laughs> Prayer what? ain't going to help that baby. <laughs> That's true. It ain't going to do nothing for that baby. <clears throat> Prayers and thoughts? Do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> bring it around, folks. Hey! hey um, So this movie was Roman Polanski's first U.S. <clears throat> film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he... Um, so it's based on a novel. Yeah, by Ira Levin, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote that in 1967, so right before they kind of right after the book came out, went mm-hmm. into this. Um, I uh, There's a sequel. Did you know that? He wrote a sequel. I, there was a movie sequel, that's and there's a book sequel. Oh, and interesting. They're, they're not related. Oh, okay. I would have. I think I knew there was a movie sequel, because I think I heard that Ruth Gordon was also in she is. the movie sequel, but I didn't know it was from a book. I just thought it was like people who were like, you know, it would be a terrible idea is to no, make no, a sequel of Rosemary's they're not. Baby. So the, the, the sequel actually came out in 1976. Oh, really? So it's called what, what, Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby, where, this is a great, Patty Duke plays Rosemary. Oh, that's really funny. And the sequel that the Ira Levin wrote, uh-huh. which is Son of Rosemary, okay. didn't come out to 1997. So they have nothing to do with one another. Oh, okay. I see. But I feel like I feel like that sequel is basically going to be The Omen, right? Like, I, but he's, gr- he's grown up, though. Oh, I see. Okay. So they, they oh, go okay. straight so it's not to like... like he's a little boy. Okay. No, he's straight to... I, uh, we should watch it. It sounds amazing. Huh. Howdy Duke. Interesting. After, uh, her... her I love her. She's kind of terrible, but I love her because she's terrible. Like in Valley of the Dolls, like she's, she's not. She's very dramatic. She's very dramatic. Very but dramatic. But I, I say so. it with love. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love her as Neil O'Hara so much. How interesting. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, this movie is uh, my top one. My the scariest one that really is no good. It's no good for me. I remember the first time I saw this movie, I dreamt about it. For a while and I it kept like my thoughts kept drifting back to it like over and over again and I feel like the thing I think is so scary about this movie is just more, much more conceptual versus like what you are seeing and for me that's always scarier where you have like a really great idea that you're just like oh you just like let that sit with you for a really long time this movie does a really good job with that so do you think it's Polanski's direction that's the, like the scary bit the claustrophobic kind of it's the whole package it's definitely the idea is amazing what he the execution is awesome the humming like the the theme rosemary's theme and mia farrow is outstanding in this movie like i think she's really really great um and 
yeah, I think it's all of them. I think it's just like the idea and the ending. Like the ending is just, I mean, we'll get there. So scary for you is you make, you go home and you think about it and it freaks you out later. Is that, is that what it is? It's like, it's just like this like jacket that's just over me that I can never take off. Like Mm -hmm. once the idea has been introduced, it like my brain will go back there. I'll think about it all. I don't know. It's just like maybe I put myself more in that particular situation. Maybe it's also because it's sort of a horror movie that I, that sur- is surrounded by an idea that's very kind of sacrosanct as far as right. like motherhood and you know and trust and a marriage and you know all these kind of things that like who our villains kind of end up being is not traditional and just like the whole thing is just I don't know. There's this, something about this movie that's very infectious to me, and I just couldn't shake it for a long time. And then I feel like when I rewatch it, I'm just like. oh. My brain goes back to it a lot in a way, whereas I think sort of other movies that are just like disgusting, I'm just like, ugh, all right, anyway, la, 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 that didn't happen. And I don't do that with this movie. Maybe because it sort of seems safe. Mm-hmm. It seems like, oh, well, it's not like, oh, horrible, turn your face away. Because I don't think I looked away at any point in this uh, we, movie. We gave this uh, a, a zero in gore. There is no okay. There is no gore. Yeah. So they so, do it gore-free scares. That's do, what Marion likes. That is what Marion likes. It's funny. It's like that's what Marion likes, but also scares the in this particular in this particular instance scared the pants off me. So well, I can. Um, I have no plans to become pregnant in the near future, but if and when I ever do become pregnant, I'm really looking forward to watching this film while pregnant because it's going to be, because it's scary now. And yeah. like to watch it, like, I'd be like, that's going to be great. That's I'm, just, see, so... that's the kind of horror fan I am. I'm like, why do I want to get pregnant? So I can watch Rosemary's Baby and understand. <laughs> so I can just check that box and then mm-hmm. I'll be like, <laughs> I understand more about life. Uh-huh. Wait, what? Um, so the beginning of this movie opens with this great, uh, with Mia Farrow humming over sort of like cityscape. And it's like her humming this tune which is amazing with a, like an elizabethan piano in the background awesome creepy intro and it kind of pans across the city until it lands on the bramford which is really the dakota yes in new york city um so this is part of uh, a kind of unofficial trilogy if you will mm-hmm. for roman polanski because right. we have uh repulsion mm-hmm. which all take place in an apartment right uh the tenant right which is also set in an apartment building and then we have rosemary's baby it's like urban horror right isn't that what like all of those are like yeah, well, he into. does. I think I think that that's what I mean. This that trilogy is shows like how well he does claustrophobia yeah. of you feeling the you like the visualizing walls closing in on you. Mm-hmm. Like he can do that, and that's a very effective technique that a lot of directors aren't very good at. And this is right. something that he does well. And also, I think the idea of kind of like everyday things, you you know, figuring out a story within sort of everyday circumstance that's like super terrifying. Because I think a lot of them, especially perhaps more so in the seventies and eighties, is like let's get in a car and go out to the woods and go somewhere that is not our super safe home right. and be terrified and whatever. And that is not what Mr. Polanski is interested in. I think it's much more like, how about this? Don't go anywhere. Right. And the place that seems like you're super happy, whatever. Hmm, Julia, maybe you are also tapping into why this is so scary for me, where it's like, if I'm picturing, you know, place with, places where like Marion is the most happy and comfortable and that being like becoming the most terrifying thing, it's no yeah. good when you you, no when good. you you think you know as a newlywed like what if you don't what yeah. if you don't know your husband at all what if yeah. he's this like this other kind of person which is I think which is again what I also really like about this movie is the beginning of them of uh, so Rosemary and Guy are moving into a new apartment they're married they're recently married and they're sort of starting their new life together as a, a young couple and they're so cute in the beginning of mm-hmm. this movie like they're getting the tour of the Bramford and they're like you know always holding hands like making jokes with each other having lots of private moments like always 
touching each other, like always fiddling about, like he's always making fun of the guy who's showing them around because he's kind of stuffy. And, and so in the beginning, you're just like, oh, so cute. So, you know, young and in love and you're first. And that's just, yeah, that's, it's not going to end well. But, um, but in the I, beginning, you're just like, oh, this is okay. Like it just, the movie really lulls you in into mm-hmm. like, it's just like a drama. Like, oh, this is just a drama you're going to just see unfold. You know, it's not, it's nothing like, dun, dun, you know, it's, I don't know. Sure, because you would never, you would never expect any of the things to happen to happen because you have uh, Ruth Gordon mm-hmm. who, you know, is the best because yeah. Maude is the best character ever. <laughs> but she's also so fantastic in this. She yeah. plays Minnie and then her husband, uh, played by Sidney Blackmer, uh, Roman. Yeah. And the two of them are sort of like, uh, they're uh, this like nosy older couple that live next door to their uh, new apartment. So they take this new apartment and they decorate it and there's like great montages of like them decorating and it's all like super groovy 1968 decorating. Which makes um, me happy. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Um, but then they have this like nosy couple um, that live next to them. And I will say like the first shot of when we see uh, the cast of Vets, like their outfits are outstanding. Like she's got this like white wig that's dyed kind of vaguely pink and like a big white hat. And he's wearing like, and she's just got the the loudest floral print dress and this like this massive chunky jewelry. And he's got on like a pink striped coat with bright red pants and like a matching pink hat. Like this couple walks up the street. You're like, what the, you and know? And her makeup. I, yeah. I, I guarantee you they let her do her makeup herself. They were just like, God, go crazy. So. God, I hope she was so. like, all right, here we go. And yeah. it's just like clown no. as old woman. And it's great too, because again, if like, if you're a young couple and like, these are your neighbors and they're always coming over and they're sort of dressed like this and whatever, it just feels really safe. It feels like, I know what this is. I know what the situation is like there. And they're always coming over and being like, oh, have dinner with us. Da, da, da. And like, guy doesn't really want to. Or he's just like, please, please, let's not do this. And she's like, well, let's be nice. Da, da, da. So they kind of, we kind of meet the cast of that's a little bit more. And we have a, a we have a, a dinner with them and they have drinks. And, and what I also like about this movie is it's it's just, we've talked about those other movies where it's like a super slow burn right. like it's not like scares 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 it's 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 not night of the living dead where you know you see zombies in 6 minutes in it's more, more changeling it's definitely more changeling and it's also like they're just really clever with using their actors to employ all is not well as much as camera and music and whatever because there's a great shot where um, Ruth Gordon rings the doorbell and she's got this great like always talking super busy body New York accent kind of and they have like a great like door like yes that's the shot I'm talking keyhole totally right. where she rings the doorbell and Rosemary looks outside the um, uh, the sort of the keyhole to to see it, her what do you call that door sorry yeah, it's not keyhole why am I saying that it's it's the, the thing in the door you look through the door hole <laughs> people Terry for the save um people um and she's just she looks in and she's just staring like blankly not moving not whatever and she's such a busybody constant energy when rosemary sees her that when she doesn't see that rosemary sees her she's just blankly staring straight ahead and then also i noticed during the dinner the cock when they're having cocktails before dinner Roman serves them these vodka blushes and then he goes and sits like they're all seated in sort of like a little kind of foyer area and he goes and sits on a chair really far away from them Mm. and just has a cigarette and just and so there's something like they look so normal in their kind of eccentricity you're like I know what the situation is but there's something kind of disquieting about these little bits these little things where it's like it's slightly off it's slightly not right it's slightly not that you're gonna like run away from it right you know in a like there are obvious signs horror movie survival guide style but it's just like hmm 
Hmm. But I, I kind of, in a, in a weird way, kind of wish some kind of life was like this, where like you would have the sweet old couple who are actually just horrible Satanists who just want to kill you because yeah. that that it doesn't that doesn't exist, right? It doesn't. But like the I love maybe it does. I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know I, what your average Satanist looks like. I could see, not. I do not have the demographics on that. I could not tell you. I actually went a couple of years ago, and I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this because there's all this Satanist like so much stuff in the 60s and 70s and uh-huh. 80s about these Satanist cults that were like kidnapping children and like killing puppies and like whatever. Right. And it's not true. Like it's totally not true. Uh-huh. And so I I love the like I, the the play up of how yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how it's supposed to be. What the big fear is. Yeah, like oh yeah. there really are these people who like they have a coven and they're really right. like killing people and like and, But there are Satanists though, right? I mean like there're definitely people that's like, you know, just like he's our lord and master, like yay right. him, like you know. So I'm like, but I don't know. What's the average age? What's the average demographic? Like, I don't know. who are I these d- people? I don't know. You know, what that are just like I'm just super into him. Like he's just my guy. He does it for well, me. Maybe you know? we should do some research. I, we probably should. You know, because I'm Cause like, we would make excellent, excellent uh-huh. Satanists. <laughs> Nobody would believe we were Satanists. It That's would be true. amazing. Yeah, we should do like a reverse version of this movie where like Rosemary and Guy are like an older couple and they move into like these sweet girls next door and then we're like massive Satanists. Yeah. So we're, like, um, I don't know where the baby part would figure into that, but we just, it's like, it's like Rosemary's puppy or something. And we just take the puppy and no, demon puppy. Terrible. I don't know. It's yeah, terrible puppy. It's probably not a great demon idea. Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she'll be like, what have we done with the guys? And it's like a whole thing. Like, <laughs> why have they not made that movie yet? <laughs> uh, you love puppies. How about if they're a demon puppy? I know. Pray for Rosemary's puppy. Like, yeah, slightly, slightly less. Yeah. That's maybe, okay. not, maybe not quite so great. Um, so anyway, so, so basically like, you know, they, uh, Rosemary and guy want to have a baby. And so eventually she gets pregnant. Um, and once she does, like the cast of vets really are like up in their grill. Are you like, skipping like the devil rape scene? You, you, know, you no, can't I, skip over the no, devil okay, rape I'm scene. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I am skipping over the devil rape scene. Um, kind of integral to the movie. What I well, here's the thing. I think maybe because I'm jumping ahead. Because what I'm really curious about is, I mean, obviously, guys, spoiler, fantastic. Um, but guy makes a bargain with the cast of vets at some point, and. In the movie, I don't think it's super clear precisely when that happens. But when I was rewatching it, I sort of think it literally is on the second night that they're in the apartment together. Like, I think Guy sold her out that fast. I assume that he moved in with this in mind. Really? Because I feel like when I'm really watching how the two of them interact and how he sort of like... Because there are parts... Because Guy's an actor in the film. And there are parts of the movie where especially early on where he does seem more, I don't know, just kind of more real with her and more kind of comfortable and not like he's sort of playing the role of, you know, loyal husband or whatever. And after the second night, he, that's the only first time he goes to see the cast of vets without Rosemary. And after that, it's different. Almost immediately after that, she starts remarking on how he won't look at her and how like things have been strained between them. And like, e- like, and even before the demon rape scene, like, after that scene, she said it so easily that time. That was great. <laughs> um, she's, I'm learning, guys. Um, she's more like, kind of like it, it starts getting further and further along with the pregnancy. Okay. But like, I, that, I, I feel like the movie's kind of unclear on precisely when it happens, which I kind of like. But when I was watching it again, I'm like, I think it's the second night. I, I mean, assuming unless it's your theory, where well, like guy went into it knowing to sell her out. It's but if it like, came way. up against. Yeah, I, I think he's that much of an opportunist where it's like right. the second night of their new life together. He's like, 
yeah, all right, I'll do it. Because, yeah, I, in my head, it would always been like he had, you know, that's why they moved into this building. Oh, really? Because oh, okay. he knew the people that were there and they were all had this all planned and like it was a whole thing. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was just like an opportunity that came across his path. But because he's kind the, of a bastard, so. And also, after the first, their second day in there, the night before they go and have that first cocktail with them, he talks about not getting apart and how they went with somebody right. else and how like down it makes him, blah, 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 and. I don't know. I just kind of feel like he's not acting there. I feel like him yet again, not getting the kind of part mm-hmm. that he wants. And then he gets this opportunity and then it's like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. I'll sell, I'll sell my new wife out for, you know, like the career of my dreams. Sure. Like amazing. Well, that's, you know, that's yeah. what, that's what being in the business is about. Apparently. Taking opportunities. <laughs> um, all right. Let's and, talk about the scene. Okay. We'll talk about the scene because <gasps> somebody took the opportunity of being the devil, being in the suit of the guy who rapes I Rosemary, know. which apparently just kind of grinded on top of her all day. Uh-huh. And it was just like, very nice to meet you. Have a nice day. Like, like very politely as he leaves. That's so funny. But, but again, for me, I would be like, you guys, the devil that rapes her, that's me. Uh-huh. You'd be so excited. You'd be showing your friends. That's really funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm Satan. Well, what I also kind of really like about this sequence is because Rosemary's drugged, but she was supposed to be, and there are some, Rosemary's a really interesting character. I mean, obviously she's meant to be our final girl in this movie but she kind of alternates between being super trusting and having very strong instincts that like all is not well and doing some kind of clever things but they're not quite clever enough to get her out of it so one of them is that the only reason that rosemary is even aware of this whole sequence at all and and says one of sort of like the great signature lines of this movie during that sequence is because um, the cast of vets have brought over like dessert for Guy and Rosemary on their date night when they're supposed to like conceive their baby and the it's chocolate mousse and it's definitely hers is drugged. Yeah. And so she starts eating it and she's like four bites in and she's like, this has kind of like a chalky taste and guys like, oh, it doesn't. It's fine. Da, 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 da. And she's like, no, it does. I'm not going to eat it. And he was like, oh, okay, well, it's okay, fine. It's too good for you. And she was like, all right, well, if it's going to be a fight, fine, I'll eat it. And then she starts eating it, like, mm, delicious, so good. And then when he goes into the kitchen, she dumps the rest of it out into her napkin and throws it out. So later she passes out, but she doesn't pass out to the full extent that she's supposed to. So then when they do all this crazy, like, sequence where, like, she's taken away down to the dungeon and, you know, the the demon? A demon? It's, it's the main guy? Yeah, the main guy shows up. Um to do his thing, she, and they're like, oh, her eyes are open. And she's like, no, if she had the moose, she'd be, you know, she's totally drugged, but she's not. And that's how she kind of is even aware of what is really going on. Because yeah, like she's naked and tied down and then Satan comes to do his thing. And uh, she has that great line where she was like, this is not a dream. This is ha- this is really happening, which I know is in Ira Levin's book. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently they're very faithful. I, I actually haven't read the book. I haven't either, but I but I know Rowan Polanski did the adaptation mm-hmm. um, for the screenplay, and yeah, I hear it's really faithful to it. So, or it's like I think Ira Levin said this was of all the things of his that have been adapted, this is like the most accurate mm-hmm. Roman Polanski screenplay for it. Um, so then you're pregnant with uh, Satan's baby. So you wake up with scratches all over yourself, and she was like, "Oh, I had this crazy dream. Did did we have sex last night?" He was like, "Yeah, it was fun." With you passed out, I'm like, "All right, that's cool." Um, and. Uh, and yeah, she finds out that she's pregnant and she goes to her first doctor, Dr. Hill, who turns out to be Charles Grodin, which is obviously... It takes you out a little bit. And, and obviously it's like in 1968, like they don't realize Charles Grodin. But when now when you're watching this movie, you're like, 
what? Like in the middle of like Rosemary's Baby, Charles Grodin shows up to be the doctor. Um, but immediately the cast of vets come in. They're like, no, we're going to take over this thing. It's your first baby. You don't know what you're doing. Bossy, bossy, bossy. And they make her switch over to a different doctor, their doctor, Dr. Saperstein, played by Ralph Bellamy. Um, which again, it's sort of these actors who are sort of very famous for these like great careers in the 30s and 40s. Right. Like he's in, you know, His Girl Friday and The Wolfman and Ellery Queen. And then he's like this super creepy. See, that's why, I, that's why I figure like I was in on it from the beginning because you have even like a doctor in on it. Like the, the, the network has spread so far. But I think that's the Satanist cult. Like I just don't yeah. know how they would have recruited Guy. Like right. everyone in their cult is like old, you know? So I don't They're know. They're bringing how in they the even... new blood. For sure. But that's where, you know, they have this brief part, part early in the movie where um, Rosemary meets a young woman that is staying with a cast of vets, like right. in the laundry room, and then she ends up like on the sidewalk, so, you know, supposedly having committed suicide. It seemed to me like that was like, they were just like, hey, what do you think? And then she was like, definitely not. And so they had to like kill her. Mm-hmm. And then Rosemary just happened to be like, well, this, they just moved next door and she's perfect and she's whatever. So it seemed much more like a crime of opportunity okay. rather than like kind of recruiting um anyway so basically like they you know make her have this cocktail that she has to always drink and she is in so much pain during her whole pregnancy and that's when she cuts her hair right it's like you know her sweet kind of pixie cut um and she looks terrible and guy and everyone's like it's great it's fine no big deal um and i love that she she decides again because she just feels like things with the cast of vets are not all right. She wants to like throw that party right. and it's like all her friends and guys like, yeah, we'll invite the cast of vets. And she's like, no, like I want our friends. Like I don't want anyone old to be there. And all her friends see her and they're like, you look terrible. Yeah. Like what is going on? And she was like, well, everyone says, and they're like, and her friends are like, no, go to a regular doctor. Like you should not be doing this. That's why I feel like I don't have that much respect for Rosemary. Cause I feel like she like, she's feeling so bad for so long and not, not doing enough about it and right. I feel like if I was pregnant like you're you'd be so if it was your first pregnancy you'd be so scared about the health yeah. of that baby anyway right like I, you would be at the doctor lickety split yeah well and it's interesting too because after that party you know she does have that scene where she like has that and it's again there's a lot of sort of all-in-one shots in this film they have this really long like five-minute argument between her and guy where she's like I'm not going to Saperstein anymore I'm going to Hill right. this is crazy blah 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 and then all of a sudden her pain stops like just that in there. And again, she has like another older friend who like doesn't quite think this all makes sense. And then suddenly that friend disappears. And, you know, it's all kind of constructed to like make it very easy for her to just go with the program. Yeah. Just like that's so what Satan does. Yeah. It makes so it she, easy for so you to she, go with the program. Right. So she has these moments of rebellion and then she's just like, oh, okay, well, the thing I'm rebelling against is now not an issue. So I guess I'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. I also really like that. Um, I noticed a lot that Rosemary talks to herself a lot in this movie. And she talks to herself when it's like things are not right. Like so the doctor says he wants to get like an extra vial of blood to test her blood sugar. And then she hangs up the phone and she's like, blood sugar. And then she hears, there's the name of this actor that uh, goes blinded and he was up for a part. He was going to get a part the guy was going to get. And then the actor suddenly randomly blinded and guy tells her about it. And then he leaves, and then she like repeats the actor's name to herself. Like she's so she's this kind of interesting character where it's kind of like Mia Farrow to have someone who's kind of ethereal and very she she looks quite weak. Yeah, and I think that that's a conscious choice to have this actress who looks you know, and she's supposed to get weaker and weaker. And of course, she does have inner strength. Yeah. But it just, it kind of comes through in like, I think also sort of the traditional arc is for it to kind of build in a character. And it's just kind of like 
waffling throughout her Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't particularly find annoying. I kind of thought was interesting where she was just like, no, they would have this massive fight in the middle of the movie. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm doing my thing. And then everything would be okay. And she's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to. And, um, and then of course, like she has this great, uh, scene in the telephone booth, like this, like, which I heard is like the first thing that they filmed when she's like super pregnant and she decides to call Dr. Hill and tell everybody that like, it's a coven. They're all witches. And that's where, um, my favorite quote comes from this movie where she's on the phone and she's, she has just left a message for Dr. Hill and then is then her original GP who she wants to see again and help save her. And she hangs up the phone and she starts talking to herself again. And she's like, all of them, all of them, all of them in it together, all of the witches. Um, and then of course he does call back and she's like, I have to see you. And then she goes to see him and she lays out her whole crazy, everyone's in it, Satan theory. To Charles Grodin. <laughs> to Charles Grodin. <laughs> to Charles Grodin. Uh, um, my favorite quote, uh-huh. uh, they use blood in their rituals and the blood with the most power is baby's blood. Yeah, that's from the book that she reads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she like gives the book to Charles Grodin, lays out her whole theory to Charles Grodin, and Charles Grodin's like, okay, cool, Rosemary, why don't you come lie down? Why don't we, you know, you're doing that's a few days. That's always the first solution, isn't it? Totally. Come lie down. Come lie down. We'll take, we'll take you to the hospital right now. And she's like, okay. And so she kind of falls asleep. And then it's like cut to a couple hours later and like Charles Gordon opens the door and Saperstein's there and Guy's there and he's totally sold her down the river. Mm-hmm. Um, which I could never figure out. Is it supposed to be because Charles Gordon's supposed to be in the cult or he just doesn't believe her? Like he just thinks she's crazy. I don't know. How don't deep know. does this conspiracy go? I don't go? know. That's why I couldn't tell. Because I was like, well, he's out there with the other Satanists later. And I don't think I saw him during the like demon rape scene and so um i'm not sure it came so easy to me earlier why is it a problem i don't know because i think i thought about it a little bit oh, and okay. it's trouble i can't, right. can't think about it too much um so yeah i don't really know if he if he is in it um but yeah basically they come and whisk her away and then uh she gives birth and then they tell her the baby dies and then she's like no you're all liars and then it seems like she's kind of believing in them um, but she hears the baby and then it, they she goes next door to the apartment and they have that great scene where she they make the choice not to show the baby but which she I goes I think it's a, a good choice which is a great choice but they go over to that like amazing bassinet in like draped in like black velvet or whatever it's just like well, what up demon bassinet all right um and she has that amazing reaction where she's like you know what have you done to its eyes its eyes and it's like you don't don't show the baby like if Mia Farrow's going to do that like there's nothing that you could show us that will ever like lead up to like what what she is seeing like and what so you are amazing. seeing in your own head totally and again i think that's where these this movie like gets under my skin and that's where when she sits back down and that's where the cast of Eds are full like you know what have you done with its eyes and they're like he has its father's eyes but guys eyes are normal and they're like satan is his father and like you know uh, that actor playing Roman Castavet goes full like Satan worshiper, like j- just so amazing. And in also in that shot, there's a great scene where you can see Guy like seeing Rosemary be told everything, and he like ducks away into a hallway. Oh, what a Because like he doesn't want to face her. Mm-hmm. But then it all comes back around because later, when she really gets that like Guy sold her out and he was on the whole time, he comes over and kneels down to her and it's like, no, baby, like look, it's it was, it's, it was for the both of us, blah blah blah. And she spits in his face. Nice. Which I'm like, yeah, Rosemary. So that's the waffling I'm talking yeah. about. You know what I mean? Where it's like this character's kind of all over the place in a really interesting way, in a really compelling way, I think. But I don't know. It's not your sort of archetypal, you know, Nancy from Nightmare kind right. of badass, but she is kind of strong in her own way. It's kind of interesting. But then um, 
it leads up to the end of this movie, which, you know, I don't know if you want to call it like a downer ending or not, but basically like they, she keeps hearing the baby crying and someone else is trying to like rocket to soothe it and they're not doing it right. And she starts slowly wandering over to him and they're like, go ahead, you're its mother. And so she starts rocking it and then she smiles a little bit at him and then it's out. And that's, movie. Why, that's why I want to watch this movie pregnant. I don't get, cause I don't get that. I don't understand <sighs> mm-hmm. a, a world in which I would be like, Oh, demon baby. That's my baby. Uh-huh. All right, demon baby. Like, All right, demon baby. It's such a, it's so cool yeah. that that's the ending. Again, yeah. it is kind of a, everybody loses or wins, depending on which side you're on. I guess Satanists win. That's the thing. It's like, you know, in terms of sort of like lessons, like, you know, Rosemary lives, you know, but right. I mean, this is obviously not the outcome that she wanted, but I think it goes back to you know, that initial idea that like, if all is not right, you have to super trust your instincts. So even if it sounds completely insane to be like, my husband is involved in a conspiracy of like, you know, elderly Satanists, like that is the deal. Like that is actually the deal. And she is trying to enlist other people to get her out of it, like Dr. Hill or whoever. And they can't like, really, she should have like, packed her bag and like left and not told anybody and but i don't think i don't think satan would have let her i think like mm-hmm. it implies that there's so much power they can blind people and they can kind of like right. you know make people fall they can do whatever you know do it they do have these kind of like evil powers that are supernatural I, yeah that mm-hmm. if 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 Satan has chosen Rosemary as the mother of his baby. I don't think there is a way for her to get out of it. I think that she right. would have been brought back in in some way. Uh-huh. Um and it does I and I uh so they, they, the movie takes place in 1966 because right. mm-hmm. it's born in June. So it would be six, 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 six. six. Ain't that cute, folks? On the nose. I love um, it. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, no, I guess, I guess I can see your point, but I suppose I kind of feel like if earlier on in the film, when she was having so much pain with her, pre- so much pain with her pregnancy, if she kind of bailed at that point, it was like, I'm going to go to a different doctor. I'm not telling guy. I'm not because she gets away with Hill for a bit. Like she is off the Satanist radar for a bit. Um, but she just, yeah, she just doesn't. I think it's because she tries to enlist other people to help her to get out of it. And I feel like that's one of the main lessons we've learned is like, you have to go it alone. Like you can't, like, even if you are nine months pregnant, you have to go it alone nine months pregnant. And she pretty much rocks it out nine months pregnant. No, she totally does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it does. I think the the flaw is that it just comes too late for her. Yeah. Um, but then as she's doing the whole rocking, it's very like bookendy where she's doing the rocking. You hear the humming that you heard at the beginning. And I think you get the impression like that's the hum that she's supposed to like to tell her Satan baby like it'll all be OK. It'll all work out for us. It'll be fine. And she's totally into the fold. And the bad guy's totally won. Yeah. Now she's a Satanist. With Satan's baby. Yeah. Or she's like, just, you know, even if I don't, I don't, I don't feel like Rosemary's going to be like, you know, I'm going to do Satan. Like, I don't feel, but I feel like they've got her now because of the baby. Like, that's all they wanted. They just wanted the child. Do you think this is Polanski's best film? Mm. I feel like for me, it's the most effective film. Like it's the most, like, I don't know in a artistic way if I would say it's like, you know, better than some, better than some of his other films, but for some reason, it just really gets under my skin on a conceptual basis. I think based on her performance and and the music and the, I mean, the cinematography in this movie is amazing. Yeah, there's some shots that are mind-blowing. Like really, really incredible and really, um, really personal. And I don't know, there's something about it that it, the, the character is just, you just kind of, re- you just totally go along the journey with her. And I don't know if I've had that feeling 
with some of his other films that are like, you know, definitely. I know this is like literally his first American movie, so right. that's probably not what Mr. Polanski wants to hear, but you know, no, I, don't know. I think it, I think it's, a, I think the, I think the apartment trilogy, I think, are probably my favorite of his films. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they all kind of like, I've never watched them back to back, but I mm-hmm. think that that would be a cool thing to do and get that kind of flowing feeling yeah. that goes from one to the other of uh-huh. all the things that can go wrong in an apartment because there's a lot. And it's super hard because it's like, you know, you sort of on a certain level, you know, if it's like some scary in the woods stuff, like if you point the camera at some terrifying thing or, you know, a guy with a skin mask and a chainsaw, just like, okay, like you got it. You know what I mean? But like... This, I think, is so much harder, mm-hmm. you know? And so to have it be done so well, I just, I don't know. Something about it gets so, me. So this film uh, has a zero for gore. There is there is no, there's none. No, they paint her with blood, okay. but it's not, it's no, like, violence with it. It's right. just, yeah. Um, but um, we, so, so our, uh, but our movie ratings are chainsaws. We have zero to five chainsaws. Uh, one, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastic oracle. And Marion and I both gave this movie a five. Fantastic oracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and and that is it. the scariest movie that Marion's ever seen. I know. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to, like, fight me on Twitter about this because they're just like, are you kidding me? Because, you know, there because are other things then, that are grosser and there are things that that we're going to talk about in a couple episodes like I can't even handle. Yes. Um, yeah. So excited. Next week, we will be talking about the scariest movie I've ever seen, uh-huh. which is Toby Hooper's 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. See, you're going to be talking about this, and it's going to be me going <sighs> a lot. Oh, like Marion hates it so much. I hate it so much. I know you do. I know you do. We're going to talk about it. You're, you're going to love it. It's going to be Marion being uncomfortable for half an hour. So much pausing before I answer questions. So much pausing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, guys. Thank you for uh, listening. Uh, you can find us on all of our social media stuff. Please uh, talk to us. Please uh, review our you know, podcasts. yeah, reviews on iTunes. That, yep. That's a big deal. That helps. That we matters like that. to us. Yeah, we do like reviews a lot. It helps people find us a lot easier. So, yeah. Uh, yes, you can subscribe. Subscribe. subscribe on iTunes. You can be our friends. We talk back. We'll send you pictures. Yeah, especially. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Marion R. Kerr. And I'm Julia C. Marquesi. And then we have We Are Into Survival on Twitter and Horror Movie Survival Guide on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we love talking about horror movies. So please talk about horror movies with us. Yeah, join us. Join us. We'll see you next week for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Bye, guys.